Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning. Good to see you. Feels like I hadn't been to church forever. Goodness gracious. I was talking to some folks uh, over here to my left, and they have family up in New York City, and they would probably be surprised that we canceled church for a little dusting of ice and snow <laughs> after about four feet of snow up in uh, the Northeast. Well, I'm so glad that you're here today. Uh, as Randy said, Jeff and Sherry Easter will be with us uh, next Sunday morning, so we're looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to a great year in God, aren't you? I tell you what, I'm pumped. I'm pumped about this year. A lot of good things are going to happen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We are so very grateful to be your, your kids, your sons and daughters. Lord, we're thankful that you have made opportunity for us. And we're so grateful for all that you've done and what you're going to do. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look really good this morning. We're starting a new series this morning, a series called The Unusual. And you may say, well, Pastor, every time you preach, it's pretty unusual. But I want to talk to you about an unusually determined life. There's a, a line that says, if you keep doing the same old things you've always done, you keep getting the same old results you've always gotten. So I think in 2018, you and I need to make some uh, changes. Obviously, change is a part of all of our lives. But let me tell you a story that's rather unusual. This is a true story. Back in the 60s, the CIA formulated a plan. We're in the Cold War where the Russians and the United States are jockeying for position, power, for control. So the CIA developed a plan and a strategy called the Acoustic Kitty. The Acoustic Kitty. So what they did, they put transmitters in cats and put microphones in their ears and ran a thin wire down their back and up their tail for an antenna. Now, this is true, so you're looking at me like, oh, okay. And so the, they went through this process of trying to train these cats and getting where they could put this uh, new technology in the 60s in, in cats. And what they did, they were going to uh, infuse these cats around Russian embassies and the Kremlin so they could spy on the conversations outside the doors and the courtyards, on the streets and the parks around uh, those vital areas of Russian interest. And they spent, your attention please, 10 to 20 million dollars on this project. So they're getting ready to release the first cat they have a surveillance van, they have the cat in the van, they pull up to the destination, the Russian embassy, to let the cat out to go spy, and as soon as the cat walks across the street, a car comes along and kills the cat. <laughs> Your tax dollars at work. You feeling better about the government? Well, as strange as that is, there's so many strange things that we read about, things in the Word of God that uh, pique our interest. I want to talk to you this morning about a lady that is absolutely marvelous in the text that we're talking about. Now, let me just set it up before we read the scripture. Uh, Jesus has just fed the 5,000. 
He has brought those men and women together. He made them sit down, groups of uh, 50, and he takes the, the loaves and the fish. He, he feeds a multitude. He sends the disciples away in the boat, says, go across the other side. He goes to the mountain to pray. They're in the middle of the, the sea. The, the wind is contrary. Uh, the waves are getting higher. They're struggling. They're struggling. They're struggling. They're not making any ground. He sees them. He walks on the water to them. They're so startled, they think they see see a ghost. He said, don't be afraid, it's just me. That's when Peter gets out of the boat, walks to Jesus. He sinks. Jesus picks him up. They go to the northwest side of the Sea of Galilee to a region called Gennesaret. And there, people are trying to touch the hem of his garment. The Bible is very clear that whoever touches the hem of his garment is made completely well, completely whole. And from there, he goes further northwest to a region that's really outside of uh, Israel, if you will, north of Tyre and up to Sidon. It is old Phoenicia, if you can picture that in your mind. So there he is. This is the scripture, Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there, departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely, grievously demon-possessed. But he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and he said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith, let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Matthew and Mark are moved on by the Holy Spirit to include this in their two Gospels. It's really the only time we have this, uh, this narrative here. So if you will, Matthew and Mark give us the information, number one, about the person. Everybody say person. So now we know about the person. She is a mother. She is a woman. She is Greek, Syro, Phoenician, Canaanite. Boy, that's some pedigree, isn't it? So she is a woman. She's a mother. She's a Greek, Syro, Phoenician, Canaanite. Now, he's up there in the region of Tyre and Sidon, up in old Phoenicia, if you will. And there this woman approaches him and and, and this is what we know from her background, some spiritual information about probably how she was raised and the, the environment she was in. Number one, she was probably polytheistic. She served many gods. The, the, the primary Phoenician god was Baal. And then there was Ashtar, the mother of, of heaven or the queen of heaven. Then Yam, the god of sea, river, sea, waters. Shalom, the god of the dust. Shamar, the god of the dawn. Mark, Mot, the god of the death. Uh, many other gods. And since she's Greek, she also probably had in her belief system Zeus and Poseidon, Poseidon, Hermes and Hera and Ares and Apollo, Aphrodite, Artemis, Athena, Hestia, and we could list 300 other deities that they believed in. That's a lot of gods, right? And we know that when Paul went to Mars Hill in Athens, you remember that story in the book of Acts? 
He looks at all these idols and these images, and these people believe in them and they worship them. Then he sees this one monument that says to the unknown God. And then Paul said, let me declare to you the unknown God. Obviously you don't know who God is, right? And he began to preach to them Jesus. How many of you know, it's good to know who God is. God loves you and I. He is concerned about us. But since this woman has this type of background, she has a problem that absolutely she cannot solve. Look at verse 22. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously, severely demon-possessed. Do you know that most of us want to keep our problems to ourselves? Really, we do. I mean, we want to keep it close to us. I don't want you to know what my problems are. When Carrie gets acting up, I don't want you to know that. When I get to act up, Carrie doesn't want you to know that. Uh, if we have problems with our children, we don't really, you know, give it out. If you have a medical problem, obviously there are very strict rules. You don't let those uh, things get out into the public. But you know what? This woman was willing to bring her problem out into public. Because when you have a problem that you cannot solve and you cannot hide anymore, she began to cry out and begin to see and seek a solution to the problem. When the solution is more important than the secrecy, you begin to seek the solution. Amen? You don't care who knows. You don't care who hears. Listen, when, when the marriage issue gets public, when the divorce gets public, when the health issue gets public, when the children issue gets public, you, you don't care about the publicity. You begin to care about the solution. You want this thing to be solved. I don't know how her daughter got demon-possessed. The Bible is really not clear here. I don't know if it's because she was around those idols and those deities and those false gods. I mean, you do know the Bible's very clear that those false gods are nothing more than demonic worship. The Bible is, I mean, spot on. Listen to what Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. He says, the things with the Gentiles sacrifice to, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Wow. Now let, let me give you some deep th theology here. Anything that's not God is not God. Did you get that part? Anything that's not God is not God. If it's not of God, it has to be either of man or it has to be of the devil. I mean, there's only so many options that we have. So when we get into some of this stuff, if it's not of God, we have to be careful. I don't know if she began to listen to the wrong music. I don't know if she played the wrong video games. I don't know if she had a Ouija board. I don't know if she was around witches or warlocks or into sorcery. I don't know if she got into role playing or she got hooked on drugs and then the portal of her mind was opened up to evil spirits. And you say, Pastor, that's absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous? Ridiculous? Are you listening to me? Let me tell you what the world will not tell you, young people or old people or Randy. <laughs> Do you know the word that appears in your Bible for witchcraft is the word pharmakia? You know what word we use for that is the word pharmacy. Now, 
Obviously, I go to the pharmacy, and you go to the pharmacy, but it's not talking about the kind of pharmacy you and I go to. There are mind-altering things that open up our spirit to things that I want you to know are not good in our life. Can I hear an amen? Something happened to her daughter. Now she is grievously demon-possessed. But we don't know how it happened, but we do know this mother is willing to bring this problem out into the open because the problem is now a crisis and she's crying out for a solution. And we don't know, maybe she went to pagan deities or other people or other solutions and none could cure or cast out these evil spirits. Look at verse 22. Not only is she possessed, but the Bible says that she is severely, grievously possessed. It is miserable. It's bad. This problem is now a crisis. It won't go away. And she doesn't care if it's secret or out in the public. She's crying out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter needs help. This is what I know about a father. You'll do almost anything for your kids. I deserve a better amen than that. You'll even go beyond common sense for your kids, won't you? You will do whatever you can do to see the solution for your kids. Let me tell you what's unusual here. It's unusual for a Greek, Phoenician, Syrian, Canaanite woman to go to a Jewish Messiah for help. That's very unusual. Unusual for a woman of this background going to a Jewish rabbi for help. But look at verse 23. When she's crying out for help, he answered her not a word. Many of us would have stopped right there. Lord, I need help. And no answer comes. What do you do when there's no answer from heaven? What do you do when there's no word that comes forth? Many people just quit. I don't have to teach you what to do when you get your answer. You know what to do when you get your answer. But what do you do when heaven is silent? What do you do when you don't hear from God? What do you do when there's no prophetic word? What do you do when you can't find the answer? Many people just quit. Let me tell you, this woman is very unusual. She's living an unusually determined life. Let me just say something to you for 2018. You and I need to live an unusually determined life if we're going to go forward. This woman is teaching us something. He answered her not a word. And from her problem, she turns into persistence. She is not backing up. She's not going home. She cries out for help. There is silence, no answer. How do you act when you pray and you seek God and there's no reply from heaven? You know what she was willing to do? She was willing to leave the prophecy of her home. She's willing to cross cultural lines. This Gentile, Phoenician, Syrian, Greek, Canaanite woman is saying, I'm willing to abandon all of this and seek after this Jewish Messiah because I need some help. Can I hear an amen? You know, when you want your solution so much, you're willing to put it out on the table and expose it. And you don't care what other people think, what they're posting on Facebook. You get, you get exposed, you get vulnerable. But let me tell you something. When you need the answer, how many of you know you just need the answer? And she's calling him, catch this. 
She's calling him by his messianic name. O Lord, thou son of David. I know you're not just a normal person. I, I know that there's something more about you. I know what people have said. She's calling him by his messianic name. It seems like she's done everything right, everything she can, but not a word. She is not only determined, but my friends, she is persistent. She needs help. She needs an answer, and she's going for it. Look at verse 23. Not only does the Lord not answer, verse 23, the disciples say, send her away because she's following after us. I mean, they're trying to move down the road, down the path. They're going forward. And guess who's trailing them? This Greek, Syrian, Phoenician, Canaanite woman. She won't give up. She keeps following and following. Send her away. She's bothering us. She's not our kind. Wow. She doesn't fit into our group. She, she's not our kind. She's not worthy. But guess what? She didn't back up. She kept going, kept pursuing. She was persistent. Let me tell you something. When you and I give up on our dream, when we hear, hear a no, you're not worthy of the dream. When you give up, when you don't get the right answer, sometimes we're not even worthy to go forward. Every successful person has always heard a no. You can't do it, won't work, won't work out. I shared this the other day. Many of you have heard me say it. The first sermon I preached here as pastor, one of the dear ladies in this church came up to me, first sermon, as pastor, and this was her encouraging words to me. Son, I don't think you're going to make it here. That's a true story. If I'd have quit when I heard that, you may be a lot better off. I mean, uh, listen, you're going to hear a no. Heaven's going to be silent. Are you going to give up? Or do you say, oh, okay, I heard a no, didn't get an answer, didn't get what I wanted. L let me tell you something. You and I have to pursue, we have to be persistent because we won't always get what we think we want to hear. It wasn't the answer she wished for. 24. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You don't qualify. You're not my sheep. You're on the outside looking in. But you know what? She kept persistent. She kept pursuing. Look at verse 25. Then she came. Say that with me. Then she came. Now let's all say it. Then she came. So, first of all, she doesn't hear an answer. Second of all, they're saying in unison, send her away. Then Jesus says, you're not of my sheep. And she doesn't back up. What does she do? She gets closer. She comes closer. The gall of this Greek, Syrian, Phoenician, Canaanite woman coming to the Messiah. Getting closer. You and I can't leave when we don't get our answer. We can't back up when we don't get the right answer. The problem is, is if your crisis is big enough, you won't leave. Let's interview this woman. Why won't you leave? I can't leave because i got a devil to fight here. I can't leave because I've got a crisis here. I can't back up because I've got a problem here. I can't go backwards. i got to go forward. This is bigger than me. i got to keep 
pressing on. I, I got to keep going forward. My daughter's at stake here. I don't care about my reputation. This is a minor issue. But the major issue is my family. And I need help here. And I'm going to keep pressing on. I need an answer. I need a miracle. When she seemed to be pushed away by everybody else. You know what she did? She just drew near. You know what she's doing? Your attention please. She's not just pursuing. She's fixing to position herself. I want you to see this. Look there in the word of God. Then she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. If you underline in your Bible, underline that word worship. It is the Greek word proskuneo. Now, translated worship here, but let me give you the meaning of this word. It is coming forward, falling on your knees, and putting out a signal that you are more important than me, I'm reverencing you, I'm worshiping you, and this is the definition. I want you to catch this because it really falls right into this. It's falling on your knees in the act of worship and kissing or licking a hand like a dog would come up to a person. Do you realize in this, this passage, Jesus refers to her as a dog? Now, I don't know about you, but if you need an answer, can I, can I give you some information here? The best thing you can do when you don't hear from heaven, when you feel like the answer is no, just keep on worshiping. You know what I found out? I found out I don't have any trouble worshiping when everything's good. Oh, praise the Lord. Carrie's being nice. I got money in the bank. Everybody seems to like me. But what if none of those things are going the way you think they ought to go? And you come in here on Sunday or Wednesday or Sunday night. When, or are you driving to work tomorrow? Or you get up in the morning or tomorrow afternoon? Let me tell you the real key here. The real key is not the fact that we can worship. We can all worship. The key is this. Can you worship when you don't hear an answer from heaven? Can you worship when it seems like the answer is no? Can you still say, I am still here, God, and I am going to refuse to back up. I'm going forward. I'm positioning myself for an answer. For a miracle, I am going to continue to worship you. That's exactly what she did. If you need an answer, worship. Keep worshiping. Keep being faithful. Position yourself. Lord, help me. Verse 26. Wow. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a very offensive statement. W would you consider that to be offensive? I, I don't know what I would do. You know what he's doing? He's saying, uh, th this... Uh, ministry of mine, this, this miracle working ministry of mine is, 
is for the children of Israel, and you're, you're not one of those. And so I, I can't take their bread and throw it to a bunch of dogs. Uh, you know what Jesus is doing? He's given the typical Jewish mindset for a Gentile. You know what they called them? They called them dogs. Wow. How offensive could Jesus be here? He just called this woman not just a dog, but he called her what? A little dog. You're a little chihuahua on my heels going, yep, 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 yep. Don't you love those dogs? And if you have one, I've offended you. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> you're a Heinz 57. You're not a purebred. You're, you're a Greek, Syrian, Phoenician, Canaanite woman. We know our bloodline. We know where we come from. Our father is Abraham, and you're not in our family, so just go away. And the disciples are saying what? Send her away. And it seems like this is cruelty. And Jesus is displaying the Jewish mindset here. But here is the wonderful key. She refused to be provoked to anger. She refused to be provoked to anger. Oh, you're so spiritual. Nobody ever angers you, do they? I mean, they never say anything to hurt your feelings. They, they never slight you. They never insult you. They never do anything like that. This woman just received what we would think would be an obvious, horrible cut into her character and her life, but she refused to be provoked to anger. Look at verse 27. And she said, say that with me. And she said, yes, Lord. Now, she, she should have said, no! But you know what she said? She said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. We all know this, don't we? Yesterday, Matt and uh, Stephanie came down to Carrie and I's home, and we uh, ate together last night at the house, and Matt has a big German shepherd named Dakota. And whenever we sit down at the table to eat, guess who is always right there? Dakota's right there. Sometimes she lays her head in your lap. Sometimes she's big enough to lay it over the edge of the table. And every little bit of food that would accidentally fall from the table, guess what she's doing? She's on it. This is exactly the picture that Jesus and this woman is exchanging. She says, yes, Lord, I may be a dog. Look at me any way you want. But listen, I've got a problem so big, I don't care how you look at me, I need my answer. You're not going to fend me away from this. You're not going to run me away from this. I've got a devil to fight here. I need an answer. If you get offended, if you run off, you don't really want your answer. You will stay. You will position. You will worship. Because I know this unequivocally. No matter where you go to church, you'll be offended. And let me tell you why. There are people there. There are people there. And if it was a perfect place, when you got there, you would make it imperfect. And I found out this about me. 
I offend people and I don't even know it. Oh, you're so holy, right? She refuses to be offended and provoked to anger. She says, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She says, I just need a crumb. I don't need the whole loaf. Just give me a crumb. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. You know how I started this off? Jesus has fed the 5,000. And then he makes his journey up to that place. Do, do you think maybe the news, maybe CNN reported on it? Or someone posted it on Facebook? That Jesus just fed 5,000 men with a boy's lunch? And, and maybe all the way up there into Phoenicia, the word got out. That this miracle worker, this Jewish Messiah, this Jewish rabbi took a boy's lunch and fed 5,000 men. And they only counted the men. If there were women and children there, there could have been fifteen or 20,000 people. He takes the bread and the fish and he breaks it. He looks to heaven and he says, feed the multitudes. And they did. And she says, then just give me a crumb. I don't have to have the whole meal. I don't have to have the whole loaf. Let me tell you, a crumb from heaven will cure your crisis. A crumb from heaven will cure my crisis. I don't need a lot. I don't even know one touch from him will change your life. Hallelujah, I'm about to get excited up here. I just need a crumb from heaven. Just a small particle, just a small portion will be enough. Verse 28, then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. You say, well, why was Jesus going through this horrible process? I think sometimes he does that to us. How bad do you want this? What are you willing to do? Are you going to stay in faith? Are you going to continue on? Are you going to go forward? It seemed like this woman had every issue, every opportunity, every reason to back up, go back, be offended, get mad. But if she did, her daughter would still be just as demon-possessed as she was when she started. But this mother, don't you love a mother's love? This mother was doing everything that she could and she got what she came for. Her daughter was being made whole. But, but I want you to catch. Here's the next verse. Everybody say next verse. Next verse. Then Jesus departed from there. Say that with me. Then Jesus departed from there. When I read that this week, you know the first thing that came to my mind? He said to his disciples, I need to go through Samaria. It wasn't on their way. That's not where they were headed. He said, I must go through Samaria. Can you imagine the disciples thinking, well, that's funny. That's not on our way. It would be like Trevor and I saying, we're, we're going to Oklahoma City. And Mike says, well, let's go through Dallas first. <laughs> really? 
I don't know, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I need to go to Oklahoma City, but I need to go through Dallas first. Well, we're headed down here to Jerusalem, but I need to go through Samaria. What? Why did he need to go to Samaria? There's only one reason we read about why he went there. He went there to sit on Jacob's well, so one woman who had been married five times, who was shacking up with an old boy, it says it different in the Bible, but you got it. <laughs> one guy goes to Samaria, sits on the well, she doesn't know who he is, but it's Jesus, and when she comes, her life is radically changed. Radically changed. And according to scripture, we don't know anything else he did at Samaria, but except for that one woman. They leave Gennesaret, they go up to the region of Tyre and Sidon, the next thing we know there's a woman following them, and when he says, great is your faith woman, your daughter will be made whole, and then he departed. Guess what? It appears the only reason he went there was for that one woman's miracle for her daughter. That's the kind of Jesus we serve. Matter of fact, he'll go out of his way. Don't you love it? He will go out of his way to give you a miracle. If you will be persistent, if you'll be determined, if you'll keep going, there's no other miracle recorded in that place. He went there for a reason. And this is what he said. And if my memory serves me right, there's only two times he did this. He did it here. Woman, great is your faith. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.